Welcome to the Korean Tech Podcast where teens will be discussing hot topics. If you're looking forward to hear our opinions, don't forget to subscribe and visit the Korean Tech website. And of course, stay tuned. In this episode, Ms. Ebony Young supporting small businesses. We will also be visiting one of the best Filipino restaurants in Sunnyside, Tito's Rad Grill Restaurant. If you'd like to learn how you can support your local businesses, stay tuned. I'm your host, Betty. And I'm Brandon. And on today's episode, Ebony, Miss Ebony Young will be joining us. Thank you all so much for having me join. I'm Ebony Young. I am the, actually right now the Chief Operating Officer for the LOM. Um, soon to be the deputy borough president of Queens, starting January 3rd. And I congratulations. congratulations. Thank you so much, and I'm so happy to be here. It's it's really a pleasure. Why do you think supporting small businesses is important? I believe that small businesses here are the bloodline to community, and it's our community's economic health. And if we want to keep that economic health strong then we need to go out and support as much as possible all the businesses in every industry from restaurants to clothing to manufacturing, etc. Do you try your best to support small businesses in the area you live around? I absolutely do. You know, the sad thing is that I uh, don't cook a lot, right? <laughs> because my schedule's so busy. And so um, my restaurants, my local restaurants keep me healthy and always wanting more. So how do you plan on assisting these mom and pop shops to recover from the impact of COVID? You know, I really think it's important that we ground ourselves in our healing and emotional, physical and mental well-being. I think that's number one. So that's providing our small businesses the opportunity to have outlets for supportive services so that they're well. You know, they've just been through so much stress over this last two years. Um And then um, continue to push for financial support with small businesses that need recovery. Um, You know, like our borough president, Donovan Richards, um, who was one of the initiators of a $17 million grant for the people of Queens for small businesses. So I think it's really important for us to just continue to request and require the funding needed for small businesses. Do you know any way that our listeners could maybe support the local businesses? Absolutely. Buy local. (laughs) Instead of, you know, going online and clicking Amazon, right? Rethink it a bit and say, you know, why don't I just go right around the corner to the hardware store and pick up some tape, right? Pick up supplies. Also, since mostly since COVID has calmed down, delivery services have been booming throughout the pandemic. Is that why you feel that some small businesses are struggling to help keep their businesses alive, basically? I think it's occupancy fluctuation. Many people have like rearranged their finances and made cooking a priority at home, right? Because of this pandemic. And so folks have lost jobs or they had to rearrange their finances. So I think we need to make small business purchasing sexy and safe again, if that makes sense. (laughs) Uh, Marketing and branding has to be different. It just has to, it has to look a little bit different than it was before. On the topic of branding and marketing, do you think they should expand to online like websites and social media. Absolutely. And I think tech is critical to rebounding out of what we're in right now. And I actually think uh, the more critical piece to that is hiring people like you, students who understand tech, who go to high schools like Queens Tech. And so um, you all offering to assist the economy in what you know, I think it's it's, it's a real gift. 
since you were a coordinator at the YMCA, right? How do you feel like that gained, uh, showed you experience and taught you about community? You know, three words, communication, collaboration, and compassion. Um, while I was leading the Y and leading other organizations, those three words always resonate within moving things forward. How do you use the knowledge you have gained through um, YMCA in your current position? I take those three things, communication, collaboration, and compassion, and put them into execution, right? I think listening to people, having them contribute to whatever goal that you're trying to achieve and reach, and involving and engaging the community in that process has taught me that it's not a one-sided or one-person answer, but that if a community can come together and collectively put some thinking around something, the outcomes can be absolutely fabulous. How do you think we can bridge communities and neighborhoods into making small, more small businesses, opening shops, and overall making a safe and happy community? Listen and learn. I think uh, instead of just jumping to resolution, which I think a lot of people do, we just want to resolve, resolve, resolve. I think it's best or better to listen to the people who it's affecting. And from that listening, devise a plan that can be sustainable and not just a momentary fix. Because whenever you're momentary fixing, you're causing more problems because then you're just band-aiding it versus having the surgery and the symptoms will come back again. What do you view as like the next steps for businesses? That might be in like disrepair or that needs some boosting, you know? Yeah, some help. I think it needs to be a continuation of requesting for funding, which I think is the, the, the bloodline, right? It's the economic ecosystem. If businesses request the funding, individuals and organizations like, you know, the borough president's office are open to trying to help and find those funds so that we can support businesses in a different way moving forward and tech in a different way and hiring people like you in a different way. <laughs> you feel like technology plays a really big, important part within businesses? And I think that is what either stifles a business nowadays or stops it. If you want to really continue in a thriving business, there is absolutely no ignoring tech. None. You know, we're getting to a place where, um, you know, robots will be the communicators in stores, etc. And so that means that if you don't understand and know tech, you might be deemed, especially in New York City, as kind of old school. And New Yorkers don't really like old school that much, right? They like the newest, latest, hippest, coolest stores, right? And so in order for you to have a competitive edge, I think you need to recycle individuals like you all, right, teens, who are on the cutting edge of technology. Why wouldn't we do that? Why wouldn't we reinvent the the job search system so that you all are engaged and involved in the process of thinking through what's next? How can we bridge high schoolers into making becoming future mom and pop owners or business owners? Start now. I think business owners right now need to hire you so that you can practice, so that you can learn, so that you can understand, and so that they can learn and understand what's out there, what are the latest gadgets and gadgets that that could really help to scale their business. So our main question about why should consumers choose a local business over a large corporation? 
for the same reasons that um, care, concern, and special attention is given in small businesses and the whole cold system of like large corporations like Amazon or different other places that, you know, can, yeah, you'll get a product, but you won't get care, concern, and special attention. And so I think that's what comes with small businesses that, that I think is absolutely profound. Moving on from our businesses section, we've introduced civics initiative program. Do you want to describe what that is? Yes, civics in the classroom. So the borough president, uh, Donovan Richards, has launched civics in the classroom. And it's really around civic engagement, helping young people to understand how they play a role in leadership, how they play a role in business recovery, how they play a role in tech, et cetera, and learning that at a young age and being able to practice it, which I think is really imperative. Our coordinator, Tim Chubanitzi, you can reach him at info at queensbp.org if you're interested in your school becoming a civics in the classroom school, which I think is really important to uh, young people today. What is the civics program trying to achieve? I think it's really giving young people the practical tools to execute in a way that's their own, but understand the governmental process at the same time, right? It's not that that you have to go and uh, follow someone else's plan, but that you learn and understand what government is and what it does, and then you follow your plan and put that plan into action in light of what you know and how you can produce something that's greater than where we are and where we've been. So would this be like an elective class? Um, no, it, it would almost be like a club-like, like almost like a club-like that, or I think it could be incorporated into the school. I think the best thing to do is to call Tim or to email Tim at info at queensbp.org and talk about what your school is desiring or what, what you're wanting out of this uh, civics in the classroom. And I think Tim is a fascinating guy and he's able to curtail it to what your needs and desires are. Would this be like a part of our like social studies class? I mean, it potentially could be. We were just starting it, right? And so I think when we were just starting something, you were kind of learning about how to execute it in a way that's best for you. Yeah, it might it might start off as a kind of an elective type of club type of class, but you may push back, right? You have every right to say, hey, I think this should be a part of our social studies class. Could we talk about what that could look like with our principal and you? Go for it. Info at queensbp.org. And, you know, ask the questions and say, could we have a conversation around what that could look like here at Queens Tech? So would this be basically, if you incorporate it into different schedules, would it be from like like freshmen to seniors? It could be. I really think it's really at the stage right now where it could, you could elaborate on how that could work best for Queens Tech. And I think talking to your leadership, your principal, your vice principal, you, which is going to affect the most, and Tim at the Queensboro President's Office, it could really be something that could potentially have a president of the United States coming out of Queens Tech, right? (laughs) It starts there. It starts there. What do you hope students will get out of this program? Overall, what will be their achievement? I think walk away with your desire to lead, your desire to change America, to change your communities, to change your neighborhoods, with along with the knowledge you need to understand government. And so if I have the foundational knowledge that I need, then my execution of that knowledge may, you know, may be different than what was done in the past or what's even done now. But we need your brains. We need your service. We need the way that you think because America is changing and you're going to be the ones to sustain that change. 
do you guys plan on expanding this program to other grades, especially like the younger grades? Because when you learn something, it's easier for you to learn when you're younger. I feel like it's beneficial for younger children to be able to know this. Brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. And I do think it's going there. I think we want to start the um, foundation of it with high schools. Learn like the, all of the questions you just asked me, learn what's best and how we navigated and kind of worked and Rubik's cued our way to whatever we needed to, to get to a, a, a resolve of some sort. And then pilot that there, plant the seed with maybe middle schoolers and then work our way down to maybe even elementary on a level base that they can understand what their civic engagement means to our community. Why do you think that many uh, many like high school students aren't aware of this? You think they should be very aware of this? Yep, they will definitely be made aware of it. It just actually, it just came out in the paper maybe a week ago or a week and a half ago. And I think what he's doing is like taking segments at a time. But I think the idea is if your school is interested, we would love for you to be a part of like the pilot piece to this. So like emailing Tim and saying, hey, we want a conversation around this. You know, we think it could really work here at our school in ways uh, that could help people. Why do you think the education system hasn't developed the curriculum like this previously? Mm. I hadn't thought of this before. You know, I think that's something I'm waiting on youth to help change that, right? I think our education needs a lot of work and a lot of changing. And I think it needs to turn into a lot more entrepreneurial and innovative based and learning based versus checkoff system based and test score based, right? I think those test scores will come when we open the pathway and the door to entrepreneurship and tech and curiosity. Um, when we help students to become more curious, we then are, I think the result of it is a better, effective type of world or environment that feeds the souls of people versus feeding a checkoff system. And that's kind of the path we're going down now. So, as we know, you ran for city council. Yes. And how was your experience with it? Like yeah. overall, yeah, right? Yeah, how did you feel? I loved it. It was a lot of work. It was a lot of work. It does. It seems like a lot. It was a lot of work. But I, I really do enjoy people and I enjoy leadership. And I enjoyed listening to people along the way and learning from them and thinking through ways that we could create opportunities for, for resolution. And I knew that, you know, if, if that came to fruition, if I was able to win, that it wouldn't be an ebony decision, right? It would be like collective decision making, which I think is a good Thank you for taking your time and talking with us. It was extremely insightful. It was a pleasure having you here. Thank you, Thank you so kindly, you guys. We look forward to working with you through the Civics in the Classroom. We, okay. we do. Do you have any messages for our students Absolutely. you would love to say? Absolutely. Stay encouraged. Be encouraged. With whatever you do, ask questions. With whatever you do, remain curious. With whatever you do, plant a seed for other people that can follow you and open doors that no one has ever opened before. And I believe in everybody, and I believe in Queens Tech, and I believe in what you do. I look forward to great things. Thank you so much. Thank you. We're at Cheetos Girl today, and we're going to be interviewing... Mario Albeno, a chef owner of Tito Raj Grill. Hello, and welcome on our welcome on today's podcast. So the first question is, could you tell us about the origin of the restaurant? Well, first of all, we this is all my uh, my ideas and my first. It's like a passion for me to because I love cooking. We're, we're in the, in the family back home in the Philippines, 
uh, used to have um, a small uh, restaurant. So before that, we call it Karinderia. All right, from then, um, I used to assist my mom doing chores in the kitchen. You know, I guess that's the beginning of covered my talent. I get it from my mom. You know, she uh, taught me a lot of things. And from then, um, sister, brother and sister, I think I'm the only one who wants to have a passion of cooking. Same as my mom. So all the recipes are family owned and passed on to generations? A family style cooking always uh, start with the home cooking. You decided, hey, I'm gonna, I wanted to try this to the world, taste it if it's good or not. Uh, for us, luckily, is I don't know, but people uh, tasted the same palettes with us, the same. So my mom said, okay, why not? So, uh, we open a, a restaurant there. And then I, uh, I went somewhere in, in Manila and I worked in the hotel. So that was the time that they polished my, uh, my skills. So I met this uh, uh, amazing chef. So I've been hanging out with him and then teaching me the right way. So I went to New York. We migrated to New York. Before, I, I cannot afford to, <laughs> to rent uh, a room. So I have to work part-time jobs. And then um, we came in the late 80s here with my uh, siblings. And then we do all jobs, any kind of jobs that, you know, make money. Then if you save money, and you have a dream, and I believe you could fulfill all those dreams that you, you've been dreaming. So it's all an American dream, right? Yeah, it's just a melting pot, that's what they said, right? And then that's it. And if you work hard, and I believe if you work hard, you're going to harvest uh, uh, abundance of joyness and happiness in your life. Would you like to describe your menu to us? Everything, actually, everything is in, in the menu. We put in the menu is is the best seller. But we have, like, a fa most people favorite. Uh, for example, I give you the, the tuna belly. It's a simple cooking or grilling back home. We do that. Uh, the tuna joe also is good. The noodles, right? The noodles, the Filipino-style cooking noodles. And don't forget the dessert. Those, item, those items that we put in the menu is meticulously identified it. That's make sure this is a home cooking where people used to eat that back home, especially when they have like celebration. The COVID-19 pandemic has severely affected small businesses like restaurants. Do you want to tell us how it affected yours? Oh yeah, that was the craziest, like a doomsday in all uh, restaurant business. I don't know how to express that. It's not only that one that we losing business, we lost all also our, our good friends you know, good customers that we didn't even see them again because of the pandemic. Uh, the business is down 70% across, I think, across uh, New York City. And the only thing we survive is uh, with the help of some aid from the government. We do also delivery. We're driving all the deliveries because there's nothing we can do about indoor dining. People never go out the house. So we decided to sign up those uh, like Uber Eats, Grubhub, so just to survive. Even though it's break even, it's good business. You can get a good business if you break even in that time. Did those big delivery services, such as you just mentioned, actually help the business at all? Also, did the big social media presence also help? Oh yes, yes, yes. It's, it helped a lot. See, people didn't go out to local where your location is. You, you just 
click uh, <laughs> clip on your on your phone and they can find uh, the good food already uh, across the New York City probably um, in our time that people used to eat here indoor so they know that you know hey we can go there but we can order food online so that's that's the one that's the one also surviving uh, you know our, our business could you tell us more about the government funds and what did it do for small businesses like yours well, the only concern about on that time is uh, manpower, the payroll. If you could save your employee, even two employees you can save. But the problem is how can you save them if you have no income? Oh, that's the time when the government step, step, uh, step out said, hey, just keep your employee. We're going to give you funds for your employee just to keep the business running. All right, not including it till we own money from our suppliers also. So that's, you know, this understanding for them that, hey, look, can, can you extend my credit? Because, you know, this is a different, <laughs> different year now in business. Money cannot coming in, even though we try to money our food to make sure it goes to your table. But it's only a few people order foods in that time. Do you feel like the government did enough for small restaurants? Exactly, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Without them, they save a lot of uh, businesses. I think this is the only thing that's a payback to our small business because I believe we are the backbone in America also because we pay a lot of taxes, we help them also. And then for them, their side is help them back so make sure the, the business will stay even though in this pandemic, yes, yes. Do you want to tell the listeners why the restaurant is important to you? We're inviting them to come to the restaurant in Tito Rats because we've been here since 2006. Uh, for those who don't, why don't you try? You're not going to be disappointed because the quality of cooking here is different from other restaurants. It's, it's a family-owned restaurant. Whatever you put in the menu is it's all good. Try any any one of those and then not going to be disappointed. So why choose a Filipino food? Why not? Okay, back in the 80s, 90s, nobody knows what is Filipino food. Think about this, parents. Oh, let's go take out for the family dinner. Nobody crossed their mind. They're going to try Filipino food. The Chinese will be here before us. There's a Korean before us. There is a Thai. We're talking about the Japanese. Never <laughs> ever mention about Filipino food. So I think it's about time to explore our our heritage of cooking to try it. Uh, but it's a composed of different kinds of um, the ingredients. Actually, when we we cook, is similar with the Malay's cooking for Indonesian, Thailand. We have our own identity of cooking. Also, as they are, they have also they have their own. But now, we we try to make it on, on, on in in the mainstream. Let's do it. Let's do it. So now, how many Filipino restaurants open? Uh, there's so many now in here in New York City. They bring their own best of uh, culture. In the Philippines, we have our own 7,700 island. Every island, they have their own expertise of cooking. So that's why I'm so happy they, they think about the same thing what I'm thinking before. Now, hey, let's, let's do it. Let's, let's open our, our Filipino food in, in New York City. Thank you for having us at your restaurant. Food was amazing. We wish you the best for your business and for its future. Do you have any last words for the listeners today? First of all, um, I would like to invite some those people craving for Filipino food. Check out Tito Rad's Grill at 4910 Queens Boulevard website. Thank you for having me. If you're interested in the civics program, feel free to contact the civic engagement coordinator Tim Shibinzi at info at So that's it for today's podcast. 
big thanks to Miss Ebony Young and Mario Albiro from Tito Rad's Grill. Always remember to support your local businesses and local restaurants as well. You can find us on Spotify or our Instagram page at Queen's Tech Podcast. And always remember, let your roar be heard.